Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with Creep Show. <laughs> That's it. No suspense. No suspense. I'm just jumping right in it. All right. So it's back. It is back in a way. It's, it's back. It's back transformed because it's a TV show. We watched it. Now on Shutter. Shutter. Right. Saw it with her eyes. Will this appear other places than Shutter, or will Shutter probably keep it not. inside its four walls? Like yeah, it's, it's right. probably gonna stay in Shutter. That makes sense. Mm. So, so back. let's do a little. <laughs> let's do a little background here, okay? Because this is where we're coming from. Uh, across from me is well-known horror's greatest uh, anthology slash creep show fan, biggest living creep show fan. It's, it's, I'll fight people a, on it. A lot of times, it's you. It's it's. I mean, it's your favorite anthology, right? Hands yeah. down. Yeah. So you love Creepshow. You love Tales from the Crypt. You love anthologies. You love All that the whole background stuff, yeah. thing, right? Um, I came to Creepshow later than most. Um, I didn't watch a lot of anthologies growing up. I do love anthologies, but th- just because they're sort of a weird branch of horror, it they feel. Like, what do they call it in fantasy football? Like, uh, low floor, high ceiling or something like that? I, it feels like they're, they, they can either be great or I just can't connect with them at all, right? So that's, that's that. I yeah. love the original Creep Show, obviously. Um, and now this comes out, and this was a really interesting experience for us. We just watched this yesterday. Uh, why don't you take the lead because you are a huge Creep Show fan. What's your first impressions? We've only seen... At, as of this recording, the first episode, yeah, which but, is to two stories, which is the cleverly titled "The House of the Head," which I kept reading as "House of the Dead" every time they flashed yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and then um, "Gray Matter." All right, so what'd you think? I uh, listen. There's a lot more to watch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No suspense again. You hated it. All right. No, tell, like, no, no, tell, no, 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 no. Okay, no. Talk I, to me. No, hate. I did not hate it. Okay, okay. I did not hate it. Okay. And I and there's a lot more episodes by a lot of other people mm-hmm. coming out, and I know people are excited about it, but like I didn't hate it, right? It just wasn't what I expected. Okay, okay, why not? It felt like because we were talking about this, like we just watched the BattleBots finale, which yes. by the way, which was tremendous. It was so great. Um, it just it, it so what we were we were saying was it felt. Like Crypt TV, okay, style shorts. You had said while we were watching Creep Show that it felt way too clean. To yeah, it felt clean, like so too digital, too clear. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm a dude who fights for like you know shooting on digital <laughs> all the time <laughs> until I don't like it. <laughs> it right? just felt. I don't. I don't feel like they. It didn't feel B movie stylized. Like all right, I'm gonna thing. I'm gonna hit you with some questions. You ready? Okay, lay it on me. Um, do you think the same thing was wrong with both episodes? Yes. Okay. So, and the same thing is, so it's an overall problem, not an episode to episode problem. So, cause you had said when we started recording this episode right now, you were like, there's a lot more to watch, a lot of other people involved, but I think you're just screwed because I think that it's the concept that's going to bother you and not the execution. Right. But we'll see. I mean, it's Maybe. possible. It's possible. So, but if it's the same problem with two wildly different teams 
completely working in separate boxes and the same problem is hitting you, then that's the show problem, not like the segment problem. All right, so you thought it was too clean. You don't like the creeper. You think he looks cheap and and no character, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I felt that way with like, they first showed him. Right. Like, everyone's like, here's the creeper. That's fair. And like, I was excited because I like, fucking love creep show. Of course. But when I saw it, I just kind of went, Huh. And we have a lot of trust at this point, we should say, in Shudder. They have done some really good yeah, work. Yeah, and they got Greg Nicotero doing they, it. Yeah, and they've brought, like, I mean, they, Tiger's Not Afraid might be the best horror movie of the year, so they, it's not like they don't know how to bring the heat. They've brought some good stuff, but... So you're coming at this from a fan level, right? And you also, you don't like the music change. Yeah, like... You know, the Creepshow tagline was, like, the most fun you'll have being scared. Mm-hmm. And, like... This just didn't feel fun. Okay. That- like, I didn't have... Like, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought, like, wow, like, I was watching this. Like, it was a satisfying 45 minutes. Sure, sure. But, like, I, it wasn't... There wasn't anything fun about it. <laughs> okay. And, like, the old King so, of Maryland. So, let, but let's... All right, let's but back up a step. Because how is horror... How can horror be fun, right? So, here's the way I see it. Like, yeah. different genres have different ways to be fun, right? So, so the way horror can be fun is the first and primary thing is they can scare the crap out of you. This didn't do that because that's those those episodes are not particularly scary. Yeah, right? they're good, but the, you know they're, they're good, but they're not they're not like so scary that the fun level goes up like huge, right? Yeah. So, so and that's the thing is like let's can you think of a movie that became fun because of how much it scared you? Like I think of Hereditary because Hereditary is not a fun movie, but I had fun at the theater. Because it was paralyzing people with fear in the audience. Yeah, for me right. that would be the Paranormal Activity three, at the ending go. scene when like they find that covenant and shit. Like that was yeah. There you go. So when it's that scary, like Blair Witch Project, isn't a fun. Fun things aren't happening in it, but it's fun experiencing it, or it was at the time because it was scary. There's a, a way level that, of excitement, right? Because it's that scary. This can't do that. This doesn't have that, right? All right. So the yeah. the scare, right? So the scare factor doesn't work, right? So next thing is just Gonzo insanity. That's the other way horror can be fun, right? Like you can you can see a movie and be like. Like Maximum Overdrive is not a great movie, but it's fun <laughs> because it's insane, right? Well, this doesn't have that either. There's no like you're an asshole at ATM. There's no Green Goblin truck. There's no right. So it doesn't bring that to it either, right? So it doesn't have that. I'm trying to break down what the problem is. All right, so it doesn't have that now. The next step would be what can an anthology do to be fun, right? So like Trick or Treat is super fun to me, and the fun there is first of all how well it's executed, but then second of all how they start to like interlink and play off each other. Even when the stories aren't connected in the world, they're interacting with each other in their... uh, It's kind of like just the way Halloween season is, the leaves and the music and the air and the the things, they're not connected to each other, but they're, they're working together, right? I didn't feel like that happened with this either. I feel like the first story and the second story didn't talk to each other at all. Yeah, for me, like, creep shit, like, with, with, with stuff like, the, the other way horror can be fun is that it takes itself too, so seriously that it realizes that it's a horror film. Like, creep show knew, like, hey, we're going to tell you some stories, we're going to cheese them up a little bit, but it's going to be great. Right. Like, they know, like... they forgot that they were telling a story. Like, creep show's like, hey, I have a story, I'm going to ham it up for you. And it felt like they didn't do any of the... What's the cheesiest moment in Creepshow? 
Oh, the in the in the movie. Oh well, anytime they do like the crazy like Dutch angles of like someone coming out of the ground or busting through a door with like the crazy reds and like the crazy totally, colors, like in the with background. the crate, like the yeah, it looks crate. really pulpy. Right. When okay. They do what's it. the craziest moment in the first episode of Shutter's Creep Show? I mean, what's the what's the most uh, the cheesiest moment? Cheesiest moment, the cheesy like cheesiest moment in these first two. It would probably be when, um, probably the first story when the, they're going to deliver the booze to the guy. What happened that was cheesy? Just their dialogue. They were just kind of goofy. See how less fun that is. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like the cheesy moment from Creepshow. You didn't even have to think about it. The movie. You said it immediately, right? And then you were like, they're multiples, right? Anytime they did Dutch angles or the colors or whatever. And think about how fun it is with Billy screaming in Creepshow and the crate and Fluffy and like whatever. And then the cheesiest moment in this Creepshow is two people walking down the street having dialogue. I just feel like... They, it doesn't live up to it, right? I, I, I just feel like, like they're not bad stories. Of course, one was by but I, I But right? I feel like... I feel like they, no one took a chance on style. Oh, I love that phrase. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I died. But, but, so, but so what they did instead was they shot a, you know, a pretty decent horror short. Okay, like, fair enough. Because they're not, like the people behind it, they're not like some talentless like, people. Right, they of course, the street, no, like, they don't right, do it. Right. But I don't think, I don't think, I don't know. I, th- I think they could have just gone a little crazy with it because it's creep show. Like go fucking weird. Like you, you have us for like like fifteen twenty minutes, bring it on. <laughs> like, All right, don't be conservative. All right, let let me. I, we don't do this on this podcast often, but let me Siskel and Ebert this for a moment. I'm a, I'm let me let me flip the script <laughs> and fight back. Okay, okay so okay. All right, and let's see how, how the best I can do. I agree with all the stuff you're saying. I actually love. I actually loved it. I actually loved it while it was happening, and I liked it even better when I was thinking about it. I'm not comparing it to Creepshow because I'm not that big a Creepshow fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was watching it with you, I remember turning you and being like, this feels the second episode, House and Net. I was like, this feels kind of Channel Zero to me, which is currently my favorite. You also said when the first one started, show. this sounds like Stephen King. Well, he wrote it. So, right. But, but, but here's the thing. So, <laughs> well, there so, we go. <laughs> so, but, the, but, the, but, but what happened after that was, when, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, um, it actually feels more like Tales from the Dark Side to me. So this show feels like Tales, more like Tales from the Dark Side and less than I remember from Creepshow. And the reason why was Tales from the Dark Side sort of floated. It was, it was not about, it wasn't particularly scary. There were some good scares in there, but it wasn't like legendary Exorcist 3 nurse scares. But it was thoughtful, right? Sort of like what Twilight Zone had. It was a scarier version of Twilight Zone, updated for like modern time. But it floated. It was less lessons, but there was also no unifying theme that really kept it together. It was just things from the dark side, right? It wasn't like Trick or Treat where everything was tied together by Halloween or, you know, an anthology Mm -hmm. like Tales from the Crypt where everyone is getting a moral lesson of some kind with their comeuppance. There's no, there was no ruling theme there, right? That's what this felt like to me. Tales from the Dark Side was one of my favorite anthologies, so that makes sense that I would respond to it more. Yeah. It's the second episode that I want to, second part, it's, the, it's House of the Head that I want to fight for, right? So, but let's get Gray Matter out of the way first. I like the monster design. That was great. Right? 
I, I, it feels a little dated. It's, it's a story from Stephen King's Night Shift, which by this point, I think that was like 1981 or some shit that he wrote that. So, I mean, it does feel a little dated and that's fine. Um, the, the kid was completely unbelievable. It's not the acting. It's just the character. Like no kid acts like that. That only happened way back then. <laughs> it's not a now thing. Right. So that was nothing. It was great to see Adrian Barbeau, Tobin Bell, all them doing their thing. Right. Yeah. The thing that I loved about the first episode was just the atmosphere. I, I, I was back with Adrian Barbeau. She makes me think of the fog. There was a storm rolling in. It was all this, all the things that crawl wanted to make me feel recently that I didn't feel. I loved the, the town and, and the fact that, that they were living in this fear of people dying and you didn't know why. And then they have like the ultimate serial killer there. I mean, what the thing that I liked about the sort of the twist. So spoiler, if you haven't seen it, here's a spoiler warning right now. Um, it's an easy I, watch. I yeah, right. I like that the, the the ultimate twist there was she was doing math at the end, and he basically is becoming the ultimate serial killer. Like he will eradicate humanity, but serial killer style. So it's not like a nuclear war or like nanobots or whatever. Is like this one serial killer is just gonna wipe us all out, right? I've never seen that before, so I was like, that's kind of cool. But mainly, I liked the atmosphere. I didn't like most of the other elements, but I was like, that town just looked cool to me. That's all I've got for that one. <laughs> I agree right. with you on that. The second story was, was I thought was excellent until the ending, which was a complete fail. But, but the, the story itself. So here's the thing, you know how on this show, we're always talking about how we're looking for that next horror icon, like trying mm -hmm. to figure out who's the next one I'm going to be. We knew, like you had Freddie and Jason, all that stuff. And then it seemed like we couldn't create another icon again. Then they started to trickle in some more. We got like, we got Jigsaw. We got uh, Sam from Trick or Treat. But it's been a minute since since there's been like a new icon that we can sort of buy into, right? Yeah. I She's not an icon. But, but what also horror needs is really strong, admirable, interesting characters. And the last place I would expect to see that come is an anthology because there's just not enough time to flesh out a character. But this little girl who's in the second story was amazing. Was the actress was amazing. The character was amazing. I loved that she didn't run to her parents for help. I thought that was so cool, <laughs> yeah. right? I love she was trying to handle it all on her own, right? She like trying to get in a priest. Like, I, the first thing I would have done was go for help, right? But she was like trying to like like handle this, right? She literally at one point I turned to you and I was like, she's Kevin McAllistering this stuff. She was like, this is my house and I must defend it. She like literally. So the, in this story, there's like a haunted dollhouse in her room, and there's really creepy shenanigans happening. It's such a cool setup and idea. Right. Totally so, like, amazing, right? And then she's trying to like. But she named the family that lives in the house the Smith Smiths, right? And she's like, I got to help the Smith Smiths. I got to, like, she's like, I got to help them. Bad things are happening. And then her parents are like, come down and watch a movie with us. And she's like, bye, Smith Smiths. And then she leaves. And I loved the incongruity of she's down there eating popcorn, having fun with her family, and like, terrible things are happening right above them right and i just thought that was so cool it made me like kind of sick to my stomach because i was like what are those people going through <laughs> that's got to be so scary right totally and i loved 
that it was, it felt like something Hitchcock would do. Can I challenge myself? Because Hitchcock did this all the time. And it was one of my favorite things that he brought to the horror genre or just movie making in general. He'd be like, can I set an entire movie on a lifeboat and only have one setting and still keep it interesting and not boring? Like, how can I push myself to make it interesting? Can I do a one shot, one take movie rope, right? Where it's basically... 90 minutes of one take and can i can i do it with no edits and like whatever i mean there he cheated there was some but like basically it comes across to your brain as like a real time you know exercise right so he challenged himself that way and in this one we're in one room but even nothing's happening in the room we're in there's just the dollhouse in the room we're in and we're seeing it from the point of view of this girl and she's Stories are playing out inside the dollhouse, so we're spectating on a spectator of action. And that should never work. <laughs> but they did it until the end, right? So I thought I gave him credit for like creativity. I gave him credit for execution. I gave him credit for originality. I gave him credit for being actually unnerving. It's pretty scary uh, until the it, end. It's right? just super creative. And that's what I'm excited for is that those types of different stories that a lot of people aren't going to tell because no one's going to give a full budget to <laughs> like some crazy idea that's going to play out in 20 minutes. Totally. Exactly. But like, my biggest thing, my biggest thing, cause like, I like, there's a lot, like there's a lot to enjoy. Okay. Here's my, here's my, my one last, my last thing sure. about it sure. is that you could take these stories and put them in any other anthology film and it would fit right in. Yeah. That's exactly right. Just like Tales from the Dark Side. But you, you, could pull, but you, you could pull a Tales from the Dark Side story out and put it into like whatever and it would be fine. There was nothing there was nothing creep show about it. It was just, it was just it was just a but it was a great story. <laughs> well, I mean it's a great the second one was a great story until the end, right? And then it all falls apart because that end was terrible. Just don't watch that weird ending. <laughs> and then it ends great. If and it, the the weirdest thing about the ending was I got so excited because so so and so we should throw this in here too because this is another thing. Anthologies, especially like the Creep Show, Tales from the Crypt family of anthologies, are pretty famous for like their twists, right? Yeah. And we predicted both twists here easily. Like there were no surprises. So that I mean, that's a little disappointing, especially when they pick these to lead off the launch of the, yeah, of yeah. the franchise, right? But like literally, I called the first one like immediately, and you called the ending of the second one like before it happened, like almost the way it happened, right? So uh, you were like, "This is gonna this and this and this," and then it was just started happening. I was like, "Did you write this?" <laughs> so that I mean, that's a little disappointing. But the thing that was weird was one of the best shots I've seen in horror TV in the last couple of years came at the end and it was a it was it was the girl sitting in the car with the dollhouse in the background and it was the way it was shot was awesome it was hilarious and spooky it had like that poltergeist roll the tv out of the hotel room you know funny tone yeah but it also had that that regan sitting in the car at the end of exorcist kind of sad mournfulness to it Mm -hmm. so like it was just a really good thing and i thought we were in great hands and then they did pull the ending right like immediately after that shot it ended and i was like that's the ending i'm like no see that's not like that's not like old that's not creep show enough like the twist has got to be more of like a right you know more in the gut right Totally. Do you think drop creep show for a second? Okay. Just take it out because it's a movie and this is a TV show, right? Compare this to Tales from the Crypt for a second. So, like, because I remember you were telling me that you felt like the Creeper. If you were running the show, you would have done the Creeper differently. You would have done it more Tales from the Crypt. Is that right? Yeah, or Creep Show too. 
where he kind of talks, but he's in like this weird cartoon with like a ball sack on his chin. <laughs> kind of. Oh, that's right. Kind of way. But I think just like, I mean, if you're going to like, if that's the creeper you're going to come up with, you know, let's, I don't know, get his lips moving. Get him talking. Let's do something, man. Like They clearly couldn't afford that part of it because it looks like they spent $7.95. <laughs> Designing man, like, him. I you know I, who I, you know I've not made a creeper. I don't. I'm sure it's hard. <laughs> but you have seven dollars and ninety five cents. So we, <laughs> I could just, we could probably do better. Than, we could probably figure it out. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it just felt weird. Like do something cool with them. Other, I, I don't know. It just it just feels like horror shorts with creep show slapped on it. Okay. For now. For, yeah, for there's now. a lot more episodes. There are a lot more episodes. But, if, but I will say this. Even if the rest of the series are episodes and I feel this way, I ain't mad about it. Well, no, we that, we had also said that. I mean, that was an obvious thing. Like, Shudder is, is more than worth the subscription. It's one of the best things that horror has going now. And it's, it's, um, it's not like I would have been mad. If I had been like, oh, I'm so excited about Screepshow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to subscribe to Shudder. I was already, but if I had, I don't yeah. have a watch. I wouldn't have been mad, right? I'd have been like, "That's fine." Like, I mean, maybe it'll get better, but like, it's fine for what it is. I wouldn't have felt ripped off for the subscription. Price, no, no, right. So that that part that part's fine, uh, especially considering like the talent that's involved in there in the east. Like, even if you don't like, for example, the first episode. Tobin Bell is just an amazing presence on the screen, right? So he was like, great. His voice is incredible, and that's you know that's a thing, whatever. And then you got a story from Stephen King, so you got like your Stephen King fix, you know, getting satisfied. Whatever. And then the second story, like I said, I mean that character was someone that I would watch a whole year's worth of episodes for. I wish she anchored a season like like would happen in Channel Zero, rather than we're just leaving her. And that's one of the drawbacks of of with a show like this like channel zero was in there and castle rock those shows are a narrative flow and even if the seasons aren't standalone like black mirror like you know is a different kind of thing like whatever but but it's not i don't know you you just get to know a character that you like and then you abandon it and then it's gonna be a crapshoot next week right or whenever i don't know this is a weekly thing i don't even know when i think it's weekly yeah so that part is the thing but i do i just want to i want to fight for that for the little girl a little bit more just because what happens here is um, it was it was a very cool it was a really cool sequence in there to watch her problem solving. She, so she she wants to protect the people who live in the dollhouse and by what she's doing is she's going and buying dolls she think will help. So she tries to go get a, a police it's a police officer yeah, yeah. doll, right? And she puts it in the dollhouse and then she leaves and when she comes back the police officer's doll has been beheaded. <laughs> so. <laughs> bad training which was, which was at, the, great at the doll police force right and then she went to go buy a priest or a rabbi but the the guy who was selling it to her didn't have one of those so she goes i just need something spiritual and he gives her a, like that indian doll which is a clear callback right it's a creep to show, creep too. show too and he gets beheaded so that's you know unfortunate that was i will say like that whenever it would cut to the family and like they're looking up. Yeah. My stomach would drop. I'm like, Oh no. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you is like that. What I thought was really cool was, so she's trying to problem solve, but think about it in, in final destination. Let's take final destination. Yeah. For yeah. Example. The, 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 the story arc goes like this, right? They, no one, someone has a flash has a vision and then they cheat death. 
And no one believes that that's happening. And then they gradually have to understand it. And as they understand it, they got to figure out the rules. And to figure out the rules, you got to research and then you got to track people down, right? So they start tracking down Tony Todd. They start tracking down like whatever. And they start whatever. In this one, she's doing that. She's tracking people down, but they're doll people. <laughs> so she's doing what you do in a horror movie. But it doesn't look like she's doing it because all she's doing is going to the store and buying dolls and bringing them back and putting them in a house. But she's literally following the survival strategy of a horror movie in, in, in miniature, which I thought was really cool that that was kind of going down that way, right? And, and the other thing that I really liked about it was I liked that it hijacked, because uh, I think one of, the, one of the powers of the horror genre is its attack on your reptilian brain, like your deepest brain, like the thing in you that needs to figure out where to hide, where to get food, how to fight something that's bigger than you, like that part of your brain, like right? Like the bears versus tigers. Like the bears versus tigers. And in this one, you know, every time the camera swiveled to the house, the dollhouse, and the figures in the house were moved, it hijacked that part of your brain where you've got to figure out what's happening. Like, where is the killer? Why are the victims doing that? <laughs> Why are they? Why are they looking up? Why are they hiding in the corner? Why are they like and but everything was static, right? Like in a horror movie, like when you think about it, you're watching like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Like let's take one of my favorite funny horror sequences, which is the paintball sequence in Jason Lives. Right, the you, you, the guy shoots a paintball gun at Jason, and as soon as he does it, you're look everyone, everyone on planet Earth watching that movie when 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 he shoots Jason with a paintball gun goes. Oh, no, you didn't, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't have done that, right? And and when you're doing that, you shouldn't have done that move. It's because you're thinking to yourself, essentially, what would I have done in his shoes, right? But it's all on the move. He's running, Jason's stalking, whatever. In this one, you're like, oh, my God, they're all looking up. The killer behead decapitator must be up there. And then the Indian is in the next floor. You're like, wait, I wouldn't have gone there. And you're like... You're doing the I wouldn't have done that, but to a doll, <laughs> right? Hey. Which is a really unique kind of way to present it. And I, I, I just think that is excellent. Other than that, I think you're, you're spot on in the... In the, in the, in the I box. wonder if someone... I wonder if the season finale would just be inside the house. Because <laughs> that would be horrifying. Uh, can we bring this out in context for a second? I just want to like to close this with, and then whatever you have, but like um, in context, I feel like Creepshow didn't have a lot of competitors and it's time. I, 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 I can't think of a lot of anthologies that are even two years on either side of Creepshow that even hold a candle to it. Like, I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I feel like Creepshow is like the Mount Everest of anthologies yeah. for that moment, right? This poor show is in a really different playing field than the way Creepshow was experienced, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like horror TV has really stepped up its game. Yeah. I mean, even the shows that have gone away recently that have been canceled, like the Hannibals and the Penny Dreadfuls, were great. But then you got the Black Mirrors and the Channel Zeros and the I mean, there's a lot. Castle Rock was was I thought it was phenomenal. So you got a lot of quality horror TV, and then you got this show, and I just feel like it's a way more crowded field, and that might be kind of affecting the feel of it. Like imagine that all horror shows right now were like kind of terribly bad. Mm -hmm. 
and then you turn this on. Like it's a different impact. It's true, <laughs> right? Like, like if all like what's a what's a bad horror show? Like a, a I don't know, like Friday the Thirteenth the series or something. They like, had a Dracula recently. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like any of those, right? Like if it was if, if the playing field was that, and then this appeared, I feel like we'd all be like, oh, thank God, this is here. At least this is horror. Like some, you know, well, I feel done. like they've tried Dracula as a TV series like thirty times. <laughs> And it's like this fall on ABC. Well, remember, we had done an episode where I was calling for a Frankenstein TV series, and that was a mistake because it just doesn't work. Like, none of that works. The only way it works is if you do it Monster Squad, Penny Dreadfuls now. Yeah, you got to just... If you just single out one monster and follow it, like, that, that concept is just too played out. It's not good. No. All right, what else you got for... For Creep Show? Creep Show. I mean, I'm going to watch all of it. You know, and well, you should. And I just, I just hope, I just hope they get more stylized. I hope they take a chance on style. What'd you say? I'm gonna rewind yeah, this because yeah, yeah. that was my favorite. Take a chance on style. That was my favorite phrase from the episode. That sounds like some Anna went to our master class. <laughs> right? Shit, take a chance on style. Uh, okay, so we want to see him take a chance on style. I, I looked at the upcoming. There's an episode coming up written by Joe R. Lansdale. Joe R. Lansdale is a ferocious um, horror and crime thriller writer. Like, he pulls no punches. Yeah, I read a story he wrote um, about dragging someone behind a car that I just will never forget. Like, Oof. Uh, he, I mean, he, he is, he's a bare-knuckle writer. So I have pretty high hopes for, like, what's coming. We'll see if, uh, if they pull it off. But we will definitely update this episode. Um, I haven't seen a lot of... Creep show chatter. I know it just dropped. So we're looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Let us know on the Facebook page in the group. Uh, let us know what you're really feeling on iTunes review. That would be. That would be phenomenal. That would be. Unless you're the creeper. Because he's definitely going to give this one a one star. He's, he's like, he not said, going to give it a one star. He can't talk. <laughs> he can type though. And the word. Are you sure he can type? I don't think they could afford hands. Dude, he, he was. Did he have he, hands? He, yeah. He, remember he, he had that beer that he was chugging? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if he can open up a beer can, he can at least type out like. No, he's drinking that Harrow's Supreme. He's already dissolved into a ball you know of what? goo. He's... Yeah, he's either in a ball of goo. <laughs> maybe his phone malfunctions. He gives us a five star. Uh, and then he, his dead spirit's floating around going, God damn it. <laughs> and then we have the last laugh, which would be a more creep show ending than either of the other <laughs> ones we got. That would be totally more creep show. But I like it. All right, cool. Well, we will update this as more come out. Uh, that's creep show. Let us know what you think. And until next week. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Stay scary. Stay scary.